Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Well, uh, giving you a bit of an update here because people are asking the online 50-50 draw for Remax for the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation, of course, is available at this time. It will close at uh, 10.30 uh, tonight, which will be sometime uh, likely in the third period of the Oilers matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks Game 3 of that qualifier series. Uh, very pedestrian total so far, 4.2 million is where they are currently at for the 50-50 tickets. You can uh, purchase them online. Uh, all you have to do is go to uh, EdmontonOilers.com backslash 50-50, and you'll find out everything that you need right there. Again, the total estimated pot as of, or that's the estimated pot for August the 5th is $4.2 million and it's climbing. So there you have it. All right. Uh, unable to, uh, are you, I, no, I guess technically you would be able to win. I can't win that, but uh, that's our Remax Online 50-50 update for you. Uh, but we are pleased to be joined on the line right now by John Chen. John, I just have to do this. We've got to put a shout out uh, to some uh, folks at Royal Pizza. Royal Pizza is so much uh, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza is offering curbside uh, pickup takeout options. It's a uh, Old school big boy pizza. They got a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation. Let me guess. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. The Mediterranean chicken. There you go. Wow. That's that's pretty impressive because I don't often read the liner before you're on. So that's good to know. You're. Does this mean you listen to the show sometimes when uh, you're not on? Well, you know, it's one one of the number one podcasts uh, for hockey in North America. I listen every time. There you go. Well, I, that's much appreciated. Uh, we got, uh, you know, Lakita having a great show, John. Good guess. That's my theory. So, I was going to say timing. I was going to say timing, but I didn't hit it right. There <laughs> we have it. It's like good uh, comedy, right? Uh, well, uh, sometimes the comedy isn't meant to be comedy. That's the problem with it. But I you got to be able to. to, I, listen to Ber- I listen to Berkey every week. I know. <laughs> oh, we, we could open something up there. Hey, uh, look, this show's called Oilers now, so let's focus on Edmonton and the response that the Oilers had. Uh, obviously, a tough opening game, and team got a little bit rattled, some nerves. They played against a team with championship pedigree. Uh, their top gun responded, whatever it takes, right? Wasn't that the name of the documentary? Well, we saw that a bit out of Connor, two goals in five minutes. I had a uh, senior executive with an NHL team say, your number 97 car decided time to show up, and he was prepared to lap everybody else. It was pretty impressive. 
Yeah, he he was. But uh, where, where I where I think the difference was, and I think it's the way this team is going to have to be successful, is that uh, some of the guys that we had uh, given a lot of credit to uh, for the uh, improvement this year, like uh, Yamamoto, uh, Isaac Taylor had a much better game in game two. There were no nerves. He was fully invested in the game. Uh, was taking a beating in front of the net, even for his size. Those are the types of guys that, uh, for me, made a made a difference. I thought Archibald did what he had to do. Shane did what he had to do. Um, and and you know what? Both Chason and Neil, who had had very good camps, um, you know, they used their physical uh, the physical style and uh, were much better as well. So as much as great as Connor was, you know, Connor can only play 23, 24 minutes a night. So what happens the rest of the time, and it, it becomes it becomes key. Leon still has a, to me is has started slow, uh, and uh, a guy who I expect to uh, win the Hart Trophy. I expect more out of him tonight. Okay, well we'll see if that's the case because they're going to need different guys popping up. I gotta say I thought of maybe this is a reflection about how it went for Edmonton five on five in game one against Chicago. I thought Jason O'Neill had some okay minutes. The third period against Chicago in game two. That's, you know, the Oilers played the entire game in the Chicago zone, and they were up by, you know, Chicago had a chance to get back in the game. They're only down by a goal, but the Oilers kind of wore them down. Archibald flipped for Cassian, so you have Cassian and Athanasiu with Sheehan. That's a fast line with some size that can get in on the forecheck. Uh, we saw a different Andreas Athanasiu as well, and then obviously Chason and Cassian uh, each each scoring goals. If you can, if if they can get any kind of consistency out of those two lines, John, you have to think that that can be a, a you know a real benefit for Edmonton moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree, and the Athanasiu conversation is one worth having because I think that so much is different in Edmonton that was in Detroit. Um, you know, the, the way the Oilers play. I don't think you expect him to to carry the puck as much as he did in Detroit. And I think that's a learning curve that he has to go through. I mean, he has to use his speed. He has to go to the open zones. He has to go to the net. And we saw that a couple of times in game two. But uh, the days of him, you know, taking the puck from his own blue line into the offensive zone are gone, I hope, because that's not the way this team plays. There's only two guys that are allowed to do that on this team, and he ain't one of them. Well, but if he's not on their line, does that maybe allow him a little bit more latitude to be the, the primary puck transporter on his line? If he's I, not... I'm not so sure. I, I'm okay. not so sure the way the way that line is. I mean, I, did, I, 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 love, I love the speed, take advantage of the speed, but he's one of those guys that is faster without the puck than he is with the puck. Yeah, he's an he's a real. We've already had lots of texts come in on this because we're talking about, you know, we had Brian Lawton on, as you know, in the first hour, and he ran Octagon's hockey for years. And I said, you know, Darren Ferris had two very contentious uh, negotiations: one with Athanasio in Detroit, and the other with Josh Anderson in Columbus, who I love, by the way. And yep. uh, you know, and I just look at Athanasio; he's a restricted free agent at three million, and in an eighty-one point five million dollar cap, that's going to be challenging for you know. If he's not, like if he has, if the Oilers end up going a couple rounds here and he scores seven, eight goals in the playoffs, we're having a different conversation. But that, you know, there might have to be a haircut there. And agents don't like hearing the term haircut on their players. It's going to be really intriguing to see what happens moving forward here with uh, Andreas Athanasio. Well, you know what? He's uh, the one thing that we talked about with the new CBA and, and the last two CBAs, in fact, is the slow death of the middle class. 
and right. asked him to see you as a middle class guy yeah. when it comes to salary. And and uh, w- w- we're seeing the death of the middle class, and and that uh, uh, I I'm not so sure about haircut, but there's certainly uh, if if he, if he wants to stay at Edmonton, uh, I think it would be difficult to get a raise. All right, we're joined right now by John Shannon, our NHL insider Bob Stoffer, with you on Oilers now. So, uh, Oilers and Hawks, we know the punchbacks coming tonight from Chicago, don't we, John? They're going to be swinging back. I mean, we do. Um, you know, I mean, I, when you look at the pedigree of, of Duncan Keith and Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, uh, you know that you, you know that they're going to, and and they are as healthy as they as they've been in playoffs before. You know there there is going to be pushback. To me, it's the secondary guys in, in Chicago that are still learning how to win. You know, Dylan Strome is still learning wow. how to how to win. Dylan Strome, I mean, as, as at times in Game One was what you saw when he played in Erie in the OHL alongside Connor. Uh, Dylan Strome, you know, barely got off the bench at certain points in Game Two because he wasn't consistent enough. So those are the guys I think. You know, Alex DeBrinket's got to bring it. Dylan Strom's got to bring it. Kubalik did his part in game one. Not sure where he was in game two. That's where you have to expect there's going to be pushback. Uh, if they're going to expect pushback if the Hawks want a challenge. Yeah, I'm going to be really intrigued to see with Dylan Strom. Talking about guy, he's a restricted free agent. He went dashboard game number two. He had the 50-plus point season a couple of years ago. Uh, coming over that trade, and there was a significant drop-off, and the pace concerns me a bit. They got to re-sign Kubelik. He's also restricted. And, John, they're at like $75 bucks for 19 guys. Like, I don't think oh, they don't. can get I don't think they can get both those guys done. I think Strom might end up getting traded out of there, especially with the emergence. The one guy that has brought it and been terrific has been Kirby Dock Kirby for Dock. Chicago. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and I think that that's... Again, that, that, that goes back to making sure that teams, at least for the next four, three or four years, when, we, when that cap is not going to move very much, uh, that you end up having with guys on, uh, on entry-level deals and, and you, using that, that to your advantage. If you can get a, a, a first- or second-year player to contribute the way Doc appears that he can, then that's a good sign for a team, but it's tough on some of the guys that are looking for their second or third contracts. Yeah, well, and the Oilers are going to have that scenario, hopefully, as they, uh, you know, eventually transition into the likes of Evan Bouchard and Philip Broberg. Bob Stoffer with you along with John Shannon. John, let's talk about a bunch of the other playoff series, okay? Uh, Maple Leafs, great response from them yesterday. Completely dominated every aspect of that game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, but a real scare at the end of the game. Uh, with Jake Muzzin. Good news on that front, though? Uh, Muzzin's okay. He won't play the rest of this series. He is in quarantine uh, uh, at the hotel with, with the club, which means that uh, if if they get to the, the next round, uh, a, a best-of-seven series, then uh, I think you could expect Muzzin to show up again. So, yes, I think that's as good that's as good a news you could have had under the circumstances. It you was could- scary. It was a freak accident. Life goes on. Yeah, you know what was interesting is you could see in the first two minutes of that game with Columbus and Toronto, 
it was going to be a different game. The Blue Jackets turned the puck over in the neutral ice area three times in the first two. I mean, they managed the puck so well. They played the shrink wrap defense where Toronto couldn't get inside the kill zone on them. Clifford went in and knocked the snot out of one of their defensemen with a huge hit. You yeah. just sensed that Matthews was thrown as a waiter up. Again, much as much as Edmonton had to make an adjustment after game one and play the right way, the Leafs did that in game two against uh, against Columbus. And Columbus is a hard team to penetrate, and they finally broke through. Yeah, that said, I mean, I, I still think, you know, William Nylander still needs to, to show up. Mitch Marner can be better. Tavares was... Listen, there was a, if anybody took a ton of heat after game one, it was John Tavares, who was invisible. He certainly wasn't invisible with nine shots after two periods, scored on the breakaway. Um, you know, he, he I, I think he understood the pressure he was under and knew he had to be a different player. But Columbus did not play a very good game. Uh, I, I don't think we'll see that Columbus Blue Jackets team again. That's just, John Tortorella just will not have it. Uh, and and to me that's a that's that's the part of this that uh, he will not uh, put his uh, take his foot off the pedal, and we're going to see a much more efficient Columbus team in Game Three tomorrow night rather than seeing what we uh, what we saw from them in Game Two. I don't think this series is done. I mean, I, I think the Oilers series is pointing in the right direction for Edmonton. I'm still not convinced the Maple Leafs can escape this one. Uh, Pittsburgh and Montreal. Has Carey Price in the first two games reminded some people of Carey Price again? Yeah. I mean, he's, he is so good, so efficient. Uh, and, he's a, and he's such a team leader. Uh, both he and Weber were so good in game one. Uh, but, you know, but they're, they're just not deep enough. They're, they're just not deep enough as a team. Uh, and, and, and not a knock at a player like Philip Deneau, but when Philip Deneau plays as many minutes as he does, you know this team is not going very far. Uh, they're, 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 they wouldn't, wouldn't have been in the regular playoffs. They got the bonus of, of, of being in the, in the top 24 by a, by a minuscule amount. Uh, they do have some young guys that are going to be difference makers. Nick Suzuki's at the top of that list. He's going to be a very good player. So the advantage that Montreal has is they're not expected to win. They aren't going to win, but they're going to get some valuable experience for their young guys. I'm hearing through the grapevine that if the Canadians do not win the lottery, they are prepared to step up to get Alexis Lafreniere. Are you hearing the same thing? Uh, I haven't heard that yet, but then what you have to do is you have to figure out what they're prepared to give up. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean... Quite frankly, anything they want to give up comes with such a big ticket, and that means Carey's carries contract. We're not going to see very many trades uh, for for big-ticketed guys this summer, Bob, because because of the cap the way it is. So I'm not sure what I'm not sure what Mark Bergevin has to offer to get Lafreniere out of, and and I'm not sure any team would be willing to get rid of, would try to get Le, uh, give up on Lafreniere this early. That's that's not it, that's not in the DNA of any NHL team anymore is to give up the first pick overall. Yeah, well, he's I mean, he's going to be way more impactful than Jack Hughes, but I'll be frank with John, you know my feelings. I mean, I'm the guy that said to you a year ago Kirby Doc is going to be just cuz yeah, of his size, you know. Did, he's yeah. you know, he's going to be better than Jack Hughes and Lafreniere is definitely. I mean, Lafreniere is an older, more mature, thicker kid. He's going to he's going to be like Hall. Like Taylor Hall was pretty good player his first year in the NHL, you know. He was probably the Oilers best forward that year before he got hurt and so uh you know, and like Taylor, Alexis Lafreniere is a 
you know, uh, played on the World Junior team. I mean, in Lafreniere's case, he, he won. Uh, Taylor won a couple Memorial Cups, but they're both late-born players as well. Um, Islanders... The one, thing, and- the one thing, Bob, the one thing I would say is that uh, Lafreniere or not, um, I do expect uh, Mark Bergevin to be quite active in free agency, and, and you mentioned Taylor's name there. I, I could see that as being being a marriage... Uh, that, that that works for both teams or both both sides. Mark has a lot of money to work with. Taylor, if he wants long term, could be in Montreal. I think, and and that might be the best offer he gets. And he would be the guy, right? I and mean, he they, would be the guy, right? I and mean, it's interesting. The they got a year left with Gallagher uh, in the threes. I love Brendan Gallagher. Uh, you know that. Um, and it's I'm going to be really kind of interested to see what they do with him. Uh, and then, of course, they've got Cock and Emmy, who I think, I know George LaRock thought he was on our show a couple of weeks ago, didn't think he should be playing. I think he's played all right in that series against Pittsburgh. Uh, Winnipeg and uh, Calgary, Cam Talbot. And I know the Jets are down a bunch of bodies. By the way, was that not incredible last night with Tucker Pullman? I mean, those were, were those not teeth on the ice when they went to that tight shot? I'm pretty I, sure. Uh, I believe they were. Yes. I believe they were. And he came. You know, I mean, that goes, it goes. What Pullman did, uh, whether that, you know, you know, diving in front, uh, you know, just what what players will do to win. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm, I think it's I think it's different. And I, it's an awful, I, I don't like to compare it, but it's different than any other sport. I agree. The competitive the competitive nature of every one of these guys what they will do to win is absolutely amazing well just to see him come back in the third period with the cage on and uh you know his whole side of his face completely swollen up because he lost he lost i mean by the way did you ever produce a game where you needed to back off a tight shot because of the severity of the injury of the player because they they quickly got out of that shot when they realized Oh man, there's a lot of teeth and there's a lot of blood there. We got to go to a, a wider angle shot. Did you, did you ever have to? I know that when Marchment got hurt in '97 uh, against Dallas, they had to get off the tight the, the tight shot on him because of the concern yeah. of the injury. Yeah, I was involved in that show. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean that's uh, that's just the nature of of uh, you, you know your your cameraman wants the tight shot the best shot and and you, then you have to you have to have the uh, sensitivity to back off it's the one time in television and it was comparable to the muzzin injury last night is uh, you don't go to commercial you don't go too tight you have to you have to think that the only people you're broadcasting for is the, his wife or his mother and father and you have to show some decorum and taste john great stuff we'll uh, talk monday thanks for your time Okay, Bob. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 151 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. Wrap up orders now after this. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right. Uh, tonight we'll have the face-off show 6 p.m. with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Jack Michaels, and myself. Puck drop 830 game three. Qualifier Edmonton and Chicago. Expected starters, Koskinen, that's pretty much a given, along with uh, Corey Crawford for the Chicago Blackhawks. We go to List 8 Oilers history. 
2014. I remember it well. It was a contentious one uh, for uh, some of the media folks in town. Go yeah, the, for it. The Oilers hire analytics blogger Tyler Dello, who at the time was uh, running a website called mc79hockey.com. Tyler Dello uh, did not have his contract extended in 2016, but has subsequently uh, been with the New Jersey Devils as a vice president in uh, analytics. Uh, he went there a couple years ago, and he had multiple teams in on him at that time. Again, Game 3, Oilers and the Hawks qualifying round action, 6 p.m. for the face-off show, 8.30 for the puck drop. Tomorrow, wow, it's uh, Truculent Thursdays. Uh, Sportsnet's Louis DeBrusque, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, and George LaRocque. Up next, a global News, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by 6.30 Chan. Afternoons with Jalen and I. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chan.